I'm Dan Clawson, and this is The Zealous Podcast, where everything we do is to inspire and equip the body of Christ for the comprehensive discipleship of the next generations. Welcome back to this four-part series we have prepared for you titled, Foundations for God-Centered Children's Ministry. And in way of reminder, and I've mentioned this before each episode of this series, the reality is every children's ministry has a foundation. So it's not a question of, do we have a foundation for our children's ministry? It's a question of, what are the foundations of our children's ministry? And that is what this four-part series is meant to focus on. And we pray to provide for you to consider foundations for a God-centered children's ministry. And in this fourth and final episode of Vision for Encouraging Faith in Christ in the Next Generation, David and Sally Michael, the founders of True 78, press into what it looks like to engage the heart, not just the mind, of the next generation. In fact, and as you will soon hear, the mind is a conduit for the truth to reach the heart. And now, David and Sally Michael. At True 78, we take very seriously the responsibility of teaching the whole counsel of God to the next generation. His glorious deeds, his might, his testimony, and his law as Psalm 78 instructs. Now we want to shift that focus from instructing the mind to engaging the heart. In his book, Spiritual Depression, British pastor Martin Lloyd-Jones emphasizes that Knowing the truth is important, but it is not an end in itself. He says, the heart is always to be influenced through the understanding, the mind, then the heart, then the will. But God forbid that anyone should think that it ends with the intellect. It starts there, but it goes on. It then moves the heart, and finally, the man yields his will. Lloyd-Jones identifies an important progression. The mind, then the heart, then the will. One of the dangers for children growing up in church is that they can come to know the Bible without meeting the God of the Bible. They can know all the right answers and yet never love the truth. They can know all about Jesus without ever having a life-transforming encounter with the living Savior. In Psalm 78, 7, we see the reason we acquaint our children with the teaching of the word, so that they will set their hope in God. We want our children to embrace the gospel with their hearts and put their trust in Jesus Christ alone for the forgiveness of their sins and for the fulfillment of all his promises to them. This movement from head to heart is ultimately the work of God and not the result of human efforts. Paul tells us in Ephesians 2, 4-5 that God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And then in Romans 10, 17, Paul makes clear that this work of faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So saving faith is the fruit of the Holy Spirit's work in the heart, and the Spirit accomplishes this work through the truth that has been imparted by imperfect yet faithful truth-tellers. It is possible to hear the truth about God without embracing that truth. We see that in Job's experience 
Job knew about God, but after his trials and the revelation of God's glory, he said in chapter 42, verse 5, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Just like Job, children need to move from knowing about God to knowing him personally. Trusting Christ for salvation and trusting him in the everyday experiences of life. As Psalm 34, 8 says, they need to taste and see that the Lord is good. Children don't always understand how the Bible applies to their lives. They need help linking the theoretical to the practical. An important part of teaching the word well is to apply the Bible to real life situations. Children need to see that the Bible is relevant and authoritative in every part of life. For example, we can guide a child who is having a conflict with his brother by asking a question like, what does the Bible say about how you should respond to your brother? Applying the Bible in a practical life situation like this is a means for faith to take root and grow. Another God-given way to engage the heart and to influence the will of the student is to encourage him to actively interact with the truth. But in doing this, we have to be careful not to confuse activity with active learning. By active learning, we mean that the mind is actively engaged. When children are actively learning, their minds are interacting with the subject matter. They are thinking, they're discovering, they're imagining, they're questioning, they're organizing, they're analyzing and evaluating, they're drawing conclusions, and they're applying the material. If we just sit children down and tell them what to believe, they may not be comprehending or agreeing with or internalizing the truth. We want them to be able to look carefully at the text in the Bible, carefully observe and rightly interpret the text and make real application of that truth to their own lives. And eventually, we want them to respond in faith to that truth. We want them to embrace it and own it and live by it and be willing to die for it. By taking children and youth logically through a series of questions designed to lead them to correct conclusions, we are encouraging them to discover what God actually says in his word. Our questions should teach them to observe, interpret, and apply the truth. The mind then becomes a conduit for the truth to reach the heart. So, practically, how do we do this? We start by asking questions that lead children to draw biblical conclusions, which are linked to a practical application in the child's life. For example, when teaching preschoolers the story of Nebuchadnezzar eating grass like a cow, we start by asking questions. For preschoolers, we ask obvious questions like, do people eat grass? And the children will usually respond, no. As we tell the story, we ask questions along the way to make sure the children understand the main points. Then we make application by asking questions that will help children to see the connection between their own lives and the Bible. For example, Nebuchadnezzar said, look at this great city I have made. Nebuchadnezzar thought he built the city all by himself. He forgot about God. He didn't thank God for helping him to build the city. Do you ever forget to thank God? Did you thank him for your breakfast today? Do you thank him for strong legs and arms? Notice how I begin by asking questions about the story and then I lead the children to discover how that truth applies to them 
by asking a question like, do you ever forget to thank God? Or did you thank him for whatever? In this manner, the mind becomes a conduit for reaching the heart. For older children, we ask more thought-provoking questions that will encourage them to discover important concepts and lead them to draw conclusions. As parents and children's workers, we need to actively look for these opportunities to link the Bible to life experience and then use these teachable moments for the glory of God in the instruction of their hearts. Several years ago, a child in our church was learning about the providence of God through the Truth 78 curriculum, My Purpose Will Stand. He had grown a lot taller that year, so his bike was too small for him. One day, his grandma called and left a message on the answering machine saying that she wanted to buy him a new bike. The boy's mother knew what her son had been learning in Sunday school, so she asked, Why do you think that happened? The boy thought for a moment and then said, oh, It's the providence of God. God knew I needed a bike, and he encouraged Grandma to get one. In that moment, Gratitude was transferred from grandma to God, and the boy responded to God with affection and worship. When we teach children, we always want to have their hearts in view. We want to teach in such a way that we lead children to see what response the Word of God requires. We want children to see the relationship between the Word of God and their own lives. Our goal is that they should know how to act on the Word of God. We want them to be able to answer the question, what must I do in response to what I have heard? What is God asking of me? A number of years ago, I taught the lesson on fear from the Truth 78 curriculum, Fight the Good Fight. The lesson explains how to fight a spirit of fear by showing the practical relationship of biblical principles to the child's life. A few weeks after teaching the lesson, a fifth grade boy told me, Mrs. Michael, I was lying in bed one night and I was really scared. Then I remembered what you said about fighting the fight of faith. So I said a fighter verse. And then I said another, and another one. And pretty soon I wasn't afraid anymore. Guess what, Mrs. Michael? Fighting the fight of faith really works. Teaching toward heart application takes time, effort, thought, prayer, preparation. If the teacher or parent has first struggled with applying the truth in his own life, he will be better prepared to reach beyond the head to instruct the child's heart. To get to this level of learning requires that we invest the time and effort to first get our own hearts engaged with the truth, just as the Lord instructs us in Deuteronomy 6.6, which says, these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Then it tells us, to teach them diligently to your children. Words spoken from the heart will reach the hearts of our children. The way we authentically lead the children to understand the response that the word of God is asking of them is by first responding to the truth ourselves. This is likely not to happen if we wait until Saturday night to prepare the lesson for the next morning. It takes time to carefully consider the biblical passage that we're teaching. Reviewing the Bible lesson at least a week in advance and asking God to change you through his word allows sufficient time for the truth to simmer and to sink into your soul. 
Whether you are a teacher or a parent, this effort puts you in a better position to share from your heart and to help the children understand how the Word of God applies to themselves and to their particular circumstance. As we conclude this session, let's consider these words from Ted and Margie Tripp from their book, Instructing a Child's Heart. They say, children need instruction to apply scripture to issues of authority, obedience, conflict resolution, and God-given roles in relationships. Everyday life affords scores of opportunities to connect scripture to life, from lost book bags to broken friendships and poor test grades. Scores of training opportunity evaporate without notice as we hurry through our days thinking that devotional time with our children is enough. Our responses to the circumstances and crises of everyday life make our theology real. The surest way to teach children to apply God's truth to life's circumstances is to model it for them. Parenting that exhibits a vital relationship with God in all the joys and storms of life is irresistible to children and young people. Conversely, the surest way to harden our children's hearts to God and to his ways is having, quote, a form of godliness, but denying its power. May God grant us the grace to trust him to work through us all as we faithfully endeavor to help the next generation discover how God and the truth of his word speaks to every situation in all of life. Thank you for joining us for this final episode in our Foundations for God-Centered Children's Ministry series. Truth78's mission is to inspire and equip the church and the home for the comprehensive discipleship of the next generations. So, if there are any ways that we can serve you and your pursuit of a God-centered, gospel-focused vision for the discipleship of the next generation, please reach out to us. You can contact us by either calling 877-400-1414 that's 877-400-1414 or emailing us at info at truth78.org. That's info at truth78.org. It would be a gift to serve you. Now, may the Lord grant us to be zealous together that the next generations may know, honor, and treasure God, setting their hope in Christ alone so that they will live as faithful disciples for the glory of God.